You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What's up, you geeks? Welcome back to Systematic Ecology. It feels good to say that again. Guys, it's been a minute. I am here today for this month's What If episode with the one and only Christian Ashley. How are we doing? I'm all right, Joe. How about you? Not too shabby. So before we get down to uh, the festivities at hand, why don't you let the people know what you've been geeking out about? Let's see. Recently, like as of midnight last night, I finished playing the main story of Hogwarts Legacy. And I am in love with this game. It was so much fun. I mean, you'll probably hear me complain about this on another episode. The only things I have against it are the lockpicking minigame and the broom riding. Uh, I did get better along the way, but I, I love the story. I love the spell casting. It is everything I've wanted in a Harry Potter game for so long. It's always special whenever you can see a fan base like clamoring for a particular game. And while Harry Potter isn't like necessarily my jam, I there's a lot of crossover with... Um, I'm really big into what's called uh, PokeTubing. It's Pokemon uh, Pokemon players that oh, yes. uh, that do like different, you know, run throughs and playthroughs and all that kind of stuff on YouTube. And there's a lot of crossover with that with that crowd. They've having anticipated uh, that game, and it sounds like pretty universally, it's it's been met with with acclaim from the fan base. So that's good. Well, how about you? Um, I have been uh, geeking out on, uh, well, exactly that, po- uh, Pokemon playthroughs. Um, there's different challenges. These different games have been around for forever. And so um, like some of the other IPs that are out there, the fan base has taken to uh, different systems to um, create their own uh, ROMs and stuff like that. And so I've been playing uh, some different ROM hacks and different things like that and and watching playthroughs on on youtube so it that has has been a blast you big nuzlocker uh yeah yeah i love it you know there's only so many times that you can go through the actual mainline story and so i i personally enjoy getting a chance to see how the different uh game or how the different pokemon play through and all of that kind of stuff and nerding out on the numbers and the statistics and all of that kind of stuff. It definitely enhances the love of the game because it can get a little boring after a while, especially as yeah. easier as the games get along. It's nice to bring a bit of challenge into it. Yeah. Yeah. There are some people like on YouTube and some people that I know that they just really enjoy playing through the uh, storyline with, with different, with different Pokemon and different teams and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, I mean, more power to you, but I'm with you when it comes to the actual storyline itself. I, I think that's probably the thing that gets the oldest, but, <laughs> you know, adding different challenges on and and seeing what the different creative communities can can make from different like ROM hacks and things like that, I think is pretty cool to see people be able to take an IP that's as old as Pokemon is and be able to uh, turn it into um, something new with, you know, different creative ventures and all that kind of stuff. 
So, um, all right. So down to the festivities at hand. You guys asked. We're answering, and we are covering this month. What if a Kryptonian became a Jedi? And I'm interested to see because you and I have covered other Star Wars adjacent uh, topics before in the past. But I'm I'm curious if you agree. It almost seems like this turns into a conversation of two parts. One, you kind of have to square the circle of what if the blue the big blue Boy Scout became a became a Jedi, and then talk about what if a Kryptonian became a Jedi because you pretty definitively see even with Supergirl that like Superman is kind of uh, the, the exception, you know, not all Kryptonians are that kind of have that same kind of mentality for truth, justice and all of that kind of stuff. Yes. Whereas some of the other ones uh, don't look as favor favorably on humanity. It can't all be from the house of L. Yeah. So, so tell me, what do you think would happen if Kal-El became a Jedi? Well, I think the biggest question from that becomes, when is he becoming a Jedi? I mean, are we talking prequel trilogy? Are we talking, uh, if we're going with Legends, is he going to be in Luke's Academy? Is he going to be in the Knights of the Republic era? Like, uh, we need to settle that first, I think, before we go anywhere else. Yeah, I think... It's funny because I didn't even think about it from that angle. I figured you were going to say when in terms of Superman's life, is it is it pre being influenced by the Kents or is it this raw, you know, humanoid being that doesn't have any of that influence and could be influenced in other directions? Uh, That's why I brought it up, because I figured if it was prequel era, he doesn't get the tender loving care as much from mom right. pot Kent. But if it's Luke Hera, maybe he was old enough at some point in time, assuming that Krypton is part of, you know, the star Wars galaxy at this point, it blows up. He crash lands somewhere. What have you? Right. So I think that's it. I think that raises an interesting point because I think if you're, if you're talking about Knights of the old Republic or prequel trilogy eras, I think you end up with like the, the epitome of what a knight would be. You know, he seems like he's the type that would be influenced by the culture around him, influenced by the swaying around him. And so you take this being, because I mean, as far as we know, every sun that we see in the, for the most part in the Star Wars galaxy is a yellow sun. So you would assume he's got his powers. So, I think you end up with like the knight that would defend unquestioningly the virtues of the Jedi Order. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. Let's let's assume he's taken from a young age. He's only had maybe three or four years with the Kents. Some watchman finds him and then he joins the Order as an apprentice. Uh, You've got someone who is going to follow the law to the letter. I mean, kind of in similar ways to what Windu would end up being like. And like, these are the rules, follow them. Breaking them is the most awful thing in the world you can do in some respects, especially with your Clone Wars Windu, as opposed to uh, some of what Legends Windu did. 
but this is definitely going to be he's going to be the paragon of the Jedi Order. Like uh, epitome is the best way to put it. Like you said, that that's who he's going to be. No one is going to question his loyalty. Right. It's funny that you bring up Mace Windu because I was going to reference Mace Windu, but in a different context. Okay. After we're done, after we're done with soups, to how I think a Kryptonian, like any other Kryptonian, would end up taking to the Jedi Order, but we'll get there. Okay. Um, what interests me is if we look ahead to uh, Luke's Academy and and a post Empire world, I think you get more of the emotional side of soups i think in in different contexts either in the new 52 or superman as a dad you you see his emotional tie to um the things he loves the people he loves you know it's not so much about the rigid i'm going to follow the rules to the very letter it's more about I'm going to defend the things that I care about and what's right. And I think for me, the more compelling character or the more compelling version of the character would be that Luke's Academy era Superman, because I think you get a Jedi that's more willing to almost like a, almost like a Qui-Gon figure. I think you'd you'd end up with somebody who studies the force and the prophecies and the you know all of that kind of stuff and like really for for all of you for all of you DC fans out there I think you get more of a Wally West flash or like than than uh than a Barry Allen flash you know somebody that has more of a almost religious relationship with the force than um it being used as a tool for a means of defending whatever virtue is in front of him yeah and when i was thinking on this i was thinking like okay either way this a superman raised by the jedi or superman who ends up in luke's academy he's going to be dealing with the dark side at some point in time but in different ways i think for our prequel era superman we're going to have someone who's going to see how ineffective the law can be at times how sticking so closely to the order's mm-hmm. codes can be. So we may end up in a Dooku situation at some point in time. I don't know if Superman would actually fall like Dooku did. Cause uh, especially if we just watched the most recent, uh, what, what the tales of the Jedi or whatever it was uh, that they did that we see Dooku, his essential descent into falling is because of how he was versus how we wanted to be. So right. we may see Superman in a situation like that. Now, Superman, mm-hmm who is raised in Luke's Academy, where emotion is something that you're supposed to share. You're supposed to love others. Uh, you can have families. I can definitely see a scenario there where his emotions compromise him to the point where he is tempted by the dark side. If something were to happen to someone that he loves. So that's something to consider there as well. But I don't think Superman would follow it. Maybe like Luke and that he did a little bit, but there's always people who bring him back. Like whoever Jedi Lois Lane is in this universe well i think that's one of the intriguing things to think about when you when you think about uh a a superman that is part of a system that is more emotionally based because you look at 
like new 52 Superman, for instance, he's younger, he's more emotional and he doesn't really have that strong tether in the same kind of way to keep him from going off the rails. And so does that more emotional Superman fall, go the same kind of way that we've seen some of the other Kryptonians go where he doesn't have that, that upbringing and that, that way of being, and maybe, you know, the, the Jedi order in and of itself is enough to keep him on the rails, but what happens if he disagrees with Luke and realizes that he has more power than than the other Jedi? Does he just turn into a, okay, I have figured out, because all of this stuff is in flux way more than the the, the previous versions of the Jedi Order are, because the previous or, uh, the previous orders are all like, this is the way you do it. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. This is black. This is white. Whereas we know in Legends continuity, things are a little bit more fluid. And so what happens if, because they're more fluid, he's more susceptible to, I I think that things should go this way. Luke is wrong. So I'm just going to take him out and do do it my way, a la something like Injustice. I mean, you can even go with Legends as well with what happened with Kip Duran mm. and his fall and how he used his power, abused it, and destroyed an entire planet with, what was it, the Sun Crusher or whatever, the Nostril yeah. of Palpatine, whatever happened the next time they built a new super weapon. I, I can definitely see, I mean, Superman would be that super weapon uh, to an extent. I mean, we, we talked on the Versus episode of Anakin versus Luke. Uh, go check that out on Patreon. About how Jedi essentially are supposed to be demigods. Mm-hmm. Uh, even more than the regular human, like even the ability just to like lift something up that puts you way above other humans. But you didn't put the, all that on top of Superman having his abilities as a Kryptonian. That is a force to be reckoned with that. Uh, no, Luke is going to have a hard time as broken right. as he is. So, I mean, does Superman end up being kind of like a warlord in this situation? If he were to fall, does he end up in like a was it a red sun situation uh, where he ends up taking over the Soviet Union in that one? Does he yep. make his own little fiefdom, his own little kingdom, a part of the galaxy? Does he take over the empire, uh, the remnant, and then try to go from there? I mean, uh, the speculations are endless in that regard if he falls. So in, in out of the characters that we know of in Star Wars, let's say Superman becomes essentially the new emperor, right? He, he, is, this, he is this dictator and warlord. Is there anybody that stands up to him to be able to, I guess, dethrone him? Hmm. That is an excellent question. I mean, depends on how he interacts with... Uh, ooh, actually, Superman has always been weak to magic. Mm-hmm. And Sith magic would be essentially his... I mean, other than kryptonite, his kryptonite in this reality. So, I mean, if you can find someone smart enough to utilize kryptonite, you have a Lex Luthor figure, like, you know, if black sun were still around, probably not with Caesar. He's dead at this point in time. But if you had someone of that intellect, they could be a force to reckon with against him. But I think with Sith magic, on the other hand, if uh shadow spawn slash Kronal, if he survives the, the events of Luke Skywalker and uh, something men shadows of Mendor, if he were able to fight Superman, I'd say that's something that would give him a lot of issue 
if Palpatine were brought back again, that's something I would see as a huge issue. Or if he had to deal with Exar Kun coming back at the Jedi Academy, maybe that's why he falls in the first place. Right. That would be my that that's one of the things that I find the most intriguing about um, uh, about the whole thing is like you take somebody you take a figure like Exar Kun that you talk about master manipulator, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you, you look at something like, like injustice and the Joker basically manipulates the entire situation to, to his ends. And you, you have somebody like XR Kuhn that is not as driven by chaos and things like that as he is his specific agenda. And you have somebody with that ability to be able to manipulate and all of that, that there's, I think in my, in my mind, there's no doubt that if XR Kuhn got his hands on proverbially, uh, his hands on, on, um, on soups, he turns him. Now the question is, is there, is there a counterbalance that would be able to turn him back? Well, I guess it all depends in that regard. Who is, who are his relationships with? Who are his friends? I mean, does right. he have so many loves in this continuity that we're creating right here and now? Uh, because are he and Luke even friends right. in this situation? Luke has a way with words, uh, a masterful use of words that he is able to bring plenty of people back into the light. And if they are close, I think Luke could do it potentially. It would be a long and hard battle, but he's definitely not beating him one-on-one with Superman's abilities unless he's able to trick him or unless he's willing to go look into certain dark side magics that he'd be able to use against him, which I don't know if Luke would be willing to do that. Maybe depends on who's writing him, I suppose. Uh, and also depends like, I mean, does he have a Lois Lane, someone that he loves? I mean, is that Lois Lane uh, being fridged by whatever version of the Joker we're using in this reality? Is that what pushes him over the edge to allow XR Kuhn to take him over? Right. Yeah. I, the in my mind i can absolutely see a version of the the scene where at the end of um return of the jedi where you see the collection of force ghosts i don't think i i'm a little biased because i think yoda's on the overrated side i said it um (laughs) but i I, I think you have if you have a collection of Anakin, Luke, and um, Obi Wan, and you know obviously Luke wouldn't be a wouldn't be a Force ghost, but Anakin and Obi Wan would be. I think those three together would be enough to to turn him back. You have the wordsmith of of Luke. You have kind of this sage figure in obi-wan and you you have the guy that's kind of been there done that in anakin to be able to say like yes it is intoxicating to seek this power or to go to this side or all of those things and i think the three of them combined would be able to draw him to a point of understanding that at this point, it's no longer as dogmatic as this is the right way, this is the wrong way, but 
it's a matter of keeping your emotions in check while also focusing on doing good and all of those kinds of things. I completely agree with that assessment. Sorry, while you were speaking, I was just thinking of something like this Superman we've created. Does he rely more on his Kryptonian powers or his, or the Force? What does it even look like for him to realize that he's got additional powers outside of the Force? Because I think by uh, I think if he's if you're if we're talking about he's a youngling and yeah. he's raised in in the academy or he's ra- he's raised with it, like with this understanding that he has Force powers, does he even realize that he has extra power outside of just the force or what does that even, what does that even look like? Um, or do, or do they just automatically assume that he's, that he's a Sith because he's doing certain things that other Jedi wouldn't, wouldn't do, you know? I guess it all depends on how widespread Kryptonians are in the galaxy. I mean, if you look at most comics, especially after what was an infinite crisis on infinite yeah. Earths, the, they were very xenophobic and very uh, insular and isolationist. So, I mean, we may have a Camino situation where no one knows where they are or what they're about, except for some random uh, guy who owns a diner on Coruscant. And who knows from that point, like, do they know that Kryptonians can do this? Uh, say either way, like, how would that look if they know where they don't know? Right. Yeah, I. it's hard to think of a world where Kryptonians are widespread. Because way more often than not, you have them at best isolated, at worst nigh extinct. So I think if it's widespread, then I don't think you're going to get any kind of mix up or anything like that. And I think that you probably end up in a situation where the Jedi teaching would be such that it would probably teach him to rely more on the force than his uh well what for him would be natural abilities um if not i i think you would almost need i think if not you have a heightened chance that that he ends up as a sith if he's born in the prequel era and specifically in the prequel era but i think if if knights of the old republic era or legends continuity i think he would you would have enough reasonable voices around that aren't dogmatic that would end up being able to still take him in and show him the way sort of thing yeah, something you said there sparked a memory of uh, justice league unlimited there's a scene there when he's fighting against dark side and he gives a speech about how the world around him is basically made out of cardboard. So he's always having to hold it in to not always unleash his full potential. And right. if we see a Superman who is focusing more on his force abilities and is denying his natural talent and being told, especially in a prequel era setting, don't use this, don't do any of this. I, I definitely agree. I see a Superman who's way easier to seduce to the dark side uh, because he's been told what you are is wrong or or what you are it shouldn't be what you should be. You should be this instead. Yeah. Yeah. I think you almost end up in the similar in a similar vein to um honestly to Anakin in in that regard. Might not be be motivated by the exact same things, but I think you you definitely end up 
with somebody that has been told you have to do this, you have to do that, this is right, this is wrong. And because it's only that, you're going to end up driving him away from from that way of thinking or or what have you into what to him seems like a more uh, inclusive group. You know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like life imitating art, imitating life. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I think it, if we say it's not the prequels, we'll say it's Luke's era and Luke is aware of his abilities. Luke's going to foster that. He's going to say, use both. It's like, uh, can you imagine what you're capable of? I mean, Luke would probably give some warnings and be like, hey, you know, don't let it get to your head. Right. You know, I mean, you're still only Kryptonian. You know, you can't solve everything. Uh, I think that Superman would be a lot better off in that situation uh, for Kal-El in this instance. And that way he's able to embrace both. And I think he might still deny part of this Kryptonian natural ability to focus on the force itself in this scenario because maybe things get a little too easy and maybe he does something he gets so uh proud of himself that something bad happens and you know you know uh someone he was a hostage he was supposed to save dies and instead of that denying himself he would in humbleness use both but i think focus more on the force right yeah i think you'd almost need that specific version of Luke because with the short snippet that we got of Josh's favorite cranky old man, Luke (laughs) (laughs) that I, because he was still so much of, you know, deny relationships, deny personal things, or like even, um, younger, uh, was it Mandalorian? That he showed yes. up in, yeah. That well, book that, of Boba Fett. It was book of Boba Fett. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was Mandalorian or Mandalorian three, uh, season three point five. Well, I can't um, imagine how you would ever think that. Yeah, right. Um, that that I, I think either of those versions of Luke, I, I think would would make the mistake that the people who came before him made, and all of that. But I think if you end up with books luke that recognizes the error of the previous way and is is knowledgeable in the teachings of the the jedi that came before him and is able to find all of this ancient jedi um literature and all of that kind of stuff i think then you end up with honestly the best the best version of a jedi superman um, and, and one that is prepared for, like you said, Sith magic that, you know, w- he would be able to be a part of a collective and not fall prey to that because eventually somebody's going to figure out the gimmick that this nigh unstoppable force can be stopped by magic. Yeah. Well, even too, and like in a scenario, you know, Krypton explodes, it's in this galaxy. I mean, does the Phantom Zone exist? Is mm. Zod out there somewhere? That could be a huge factor as someone who could possibly take Superman down, uh, depending on if Zod has force sensitivity as well. Uh, oh, gosh, what are the other two names? Like Ursa and other guy? Yeah, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, 
because and of course maybe Supergirl's alive as well in this uh, continuity because she was also taken off planet around the same time as Clark well Kal-El I should say I mean that could be a motivating factor for him too is like a protecting her is she force sensitive as well is that a family thing right or is, is he the only one with it so yeah definitely I agree this version we've created uh, trademarked right now of Superman I think is going to be one of the best Jedi we've ever seen in existence yeah yeah um, speaking of Supergirl I'll go out on a limb and say I fundamentally believe that um, Supergirl becomes a, a Sith. I mm. think she's I think she's emotional enough, like just the way that she's that she's been written, like throughout different iterations. She's always been more, ha- had a harder edge to her than than Supes did because she grew up on Krypton because she didn't she wasn't raised in the same way that Supes was. That if that's still the case, I think she absolutely becomes either a Sith or a Dark Jedi. I see, uh, especially with your more modern interpretation of Supergirl, instead of what we used to get uh, as more happy-go-lucky kind of way. Not not saying there's anything wrong with either characterization. Uh, This more modern take on Supergirl would most definitely uh, be more prone to falling to the dark side assuming she had force sensitivity. And if not, I mean, she's still a force to be reckoned with. Right. So, so shifting gears here, what happens if a Kryptonian outside of the house of L has, has force abilities and, and all of that, do they become a Jedi or do they become a Sith? Not once again, it's going to depend on when they're being, you know, becoming a Jedi. And I would definitely agree with what we said before with prequel era. You try and suppress that Kryptonian heritage and deny who you were, especially depending on how old this child is when they're taken to the order. I think we've got the makings of a new Sith Lord on our hands. Yeah. Yeah. This one, I'm a little less, uh, I guess, uh, I, I think this one's a little less situational. And in, in my opinion, I think this one's pretty cut and dry that, We've seen pretty categorically that Kryptonians are an emotional race. And I think that with anybody that, you know, the story of Superman really comes down to the Kents. And I think when you don't have the Kents, you pretty categorically end up with with somebody that's way more susceptible to becoming a uh, a Sith or a Dark Jedi. I think if you go to go to somebody like Zod, I think you end up with the preeminent dark Jedi. I think you mm. end up with, with somebody that absolutely will take, take that power, realize that I don't think you'll be closed minded enough to become specifically a Sith, but I think it'll be, I, I think it'll be a case of understanding power and the desire for power enough to marry those worlds and end up as a dark Jedi. I think you hit it on the nail when you mentioned Ma and Pa Kent. They are the key factor here in the influence that they have over Kal-El or any other, say some other Kryptonian was born with them uh, and they raised them. Without their influence, without their love and tender care, we don't get Superman. I mean, all you have to do is see all these other, you know, Superman God bad TV shows. What do you do? You don't give a mom Pa Kent or you right. do and you kill him off. Like you get your bright burns, you get your homelanders, so on and so forth. You know, you 
that's what part of made Superman who he is, is how he was raised. And without that influence, I see things going very poorly for him. Or even with, if they were to be killed in such a manner to make him go off the deep end. Yeah. And I think also on that on that note, I think you run into an issue because he's he's prone to romantic relationships. We've seen it in different iterations. Sometimes it's Wonder Woman, sometimes it's Lana Lang, and and most often it's um it's Lois Lane. You and you're in an order that says, no, 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 you can't do that. That's wrong. I think you're going to end up with a Superman that is more willing to look outside of the parameters. You know what I mean? Well, also remember, Lucas said they can have relationships. They just can't. Well, sorry, they can have, uh, yeah, sexual relationships, but they can't have families or anything like that. So he'd be able to have those, but at the same time, that's not Superman. He right. wants commitment. And we'd end up with an Anakin situation once again, if that were the case. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, honestly, I think if if you have widespread Kryptonians that have force powers, sure, you know, you'd probably end up with some instances of them joining the the Jedi Order but I think way more often than not, honestly, I, I almost wonder if if it's more than just soups, if this is a world where it's plural, you end up with soups being an exception and, you know, uh, people almost fearing him being a part of the order because of other Kryptonians that have gone to the dark side and things like that. But if there is no soups and it's just Kryptonians in general, and what would a Kryptonian do? I think that you end up with a situation where Kryptonians become like the feared race in existence. Oh, absolutely. In that scenario, I mean, there's no way people trust them. Right. And, you know, God forbid you are trained by the Jedi. You're going to be born with that stigma around you. So, I mean, you're even still at that moment susceptible to the dark side even further because of racial prejudice. Yeah. Yeah. I almost wonder if that's if that really like if if that's the that's the route that it would go where you would end up with such a distinct prejudice against Kryptonians that even for the ones that are oriented towards doing good, that it would almost turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy of, you know, perpetuating the issue. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And that scenario right there, that's exactly what you're going to create, that fear of something that you did have a legitimate fear of in the past is now going to become reality because you're so focused on what could be rather than what you can do about what's happening here and now. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know. Is, are there any other, are there any other Kryptonians that you can think of that would stand the same kind of chance of becoming a Jedi as, as soups? I guess you could, you could argue Supergirl, especially if she's in, um, Knights of the Old Republic era. I think you you end up with in a very similar boat of this is somebody who is like the ultimate um, knight defending you know all of that kind of stuff. But I think I think at best, and this is what I was going to reference before with Mace Windu. I think at best you may end up if it's prequel if it's prequel era you find you you find somebody if they're able to 
stay on stay on the light side you still end up with somebody who's going to tap into just ever so uh, just just right to that line of flirting with the dark side in order to gain some of that power but still within the confines of the jedi order yeah not let yourself be consumed by it right yeah um you mentioned kryptonians off the top of my head the only names that are coming up are jor-el and uh, what is Superman's son's name? Connor? Uh, no, that's his. Oh no, the, that's Superboy, the clone. Yeah, right? Jonathan. Okay, uh, Jonathan. Okay, yeah. yeah, named after his dad. Okay, uh, I'm not that familiar with what's happening with Jonathan Kent right now. Although I understand a lot of people really love him, and they seem like he's a paragon like his dad. So I'm very happy about that. But as far as let's say Jor El becomes a Jedi, how do you think that's going to be handled? Um. You know, it's it's funny because you you see varying degrees of um, utilitarianism out of out of Jor-El. Um, a lot of times it's just, you know, it's black and white. This is what we need to do for the best possible outcome sort of thing. And I think depending on the situation and almost like who gets to him first, you either end up with like the Jedi master that redefines what the order is, or you end up with another Emperor Palpatine. I'm going to take it in a different direction. I think we may get, he may be the Jocasta new of his timeline, the, the mm. librarian. He may be the archivist or maybe their head researcher uh, because he's very scientifically minded. And I don't think, and that's one thing Jedi do encourage is scientific pursuit and the pursuit of knowledge itself. So I could see that happening. Now, as far as uh, Connor Kent is as Superboy, uh, very more emotional than even Superman. Yeah. So uh, I see him way easier for him to fall at some point in time, especially with how he's created. And then John Kent again, we're just saying, well, he's probably been born and raised with Superman as his dad. He's probably going to end up the same way from what I understand with how he's handled in the comics. Yeah, I would... I think if anybody's going to end up like Dooku, I think it's going to be Connor because mm. he's, he's, if he's written the same way, he's very prone to, um, he's very prone to comparing himself and imposter syndrome and all of that kind of stuff. So I think he's always going to be comparing himself against somebody else, be it, if he's in the um, in the same world as as uh, Cal, or or if it's somebody else, I think you're going to end up in a situation where he's going to fall prey to comparing himself to somebody else and ending up ultimately um, on the dark side. See, I would think I would think Jonathan Kent would would end up being like the Jocasta new of uh of the this world because he's he is that same he is being written similarly to superman but they're giving him even more of a an emotional edge like it's almost it's almost like honestly if i had to if i had to compare it to the the characterization of of a anybody else it would almost be like how gohan is written in comparison to goku 
where mm. there's some of that same edge, some of that same power, but it's being married with more of a um, a human streak. You know what I mean? And I would think that that would probably lead him to having an an increased interest in exploration, in chronicling, all of those kinds of things. Um, I guess it depends on what aspect of the the that kind of uh, role you're emphasizing, because if it is science and and archival and being like the old the 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 old knowledgeable one then yeah you probably end up leaning more towards Jorel but if it's more about exploration and stuff like that i think that kind of that kind of mentality almost has connor in a mix between like that that scientist chronicler or somebody who like m- makes the knight like the jedi knight you know, somebody who's not afraid to get into battle, you know, do what needs to be done, all of that kind of stuff, and isn't so tied to, you know, being about the way and all of that kind of stuff that they become a master. Somebody who's more interested in the adventure of it all and all of that, and so stays at that night level. Almost like in a way that they elect, like I could see, I could see Jonathan Kent electing to stay a knight, not becoming oh. a master. You know what I mean? Because I think if it, if it's, if it's suit, if it's the line of Superman, you almost have this, have this. It's a given that he would become, that he would have the skill set to become a master. But it almost seems like that role wouldn't fit his personality type, at least not where he's at currently in the comics. Well, I'm glad you said that because all my knowledge of him is very tertiary. Like I've not read anything that he's been in. So all I've got is other impressions people have left me. So to hear that side of him, that's something completely new to me. And I like it as a way to diversify him from his dad, but also yeah. keep him true to the spirit of who Superman is supposed to be. I love it. Yeah, I uh, I, I was I was slow to come around on um, on uh, Jonathan Kent but more so because I was trepidatious because of what they were doing with the Justice League. It was right after they, quote unquote, killed off the Justice League in this last crisis. And so I'm like, ah, I, I, don't, I don't know about all this. You know what I mean? It had, it had very little to do with his actual character. But the way that they were, the, the way that they ended up writing him and all that, not to mention, I was a really big fan of Super Sons. I t- one of my one of my low key gripes is that that didn't become more of a thing, and that they aged up Jonathan, and all of that. Like I thought, I thought Super Sons was amazing, and I would have loved to have seen um, Jonathan be on the Teen Titans and all of that, and like go the same kind of way that Damien did. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but but I think that where now that they are trying to give him more of his own characterization and not just make him superman light that he's actually becoming more like a a better a better all-around character and gives him at least enough personality that at least at this stage you could make that inference without just being like yeah he's like superman so just copy and paste everything that we've said about clark because they're two different characters that's really good to know I'm glad that's working out for him because when I first announced him, I was like, oh gosh, here we go again. 
Yeah. But that, that's been way, handled way better from what I understood at the very beginning. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I'm, I'm of the generation that grew up with um, the death of Superman and the reign of the Supermen and all of that. <laughs> so I, I remember those comic runs. So it's always that that you know are we just trying to do connor again are we just trying to do you know john henry irons and that sort of you know somebody who's inspired by and all that kind of stuff but no they're trying to do a different direction for him than previously um yeah i think i i, I think there's enough personality difference between the various versions of kryptonians that if you were to have each any one individual ones, I think that's I think we've we've done well to compartmentalize each one of them. The one thing I will say is that if you have the Superman family, if you've got Cal, if you've got oh Cora, Kara, 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 yeah, um, and and the whole nine yards, I think they kind of keep each other honest. In a way, I think you you either I, I don't think I see all of them going to the dark side. I think you see most of them staying on on the light side or you end up with everybody kind of as gray Jedi, you know, not to go back to that trope. But I think that you almost <laughs> end up with this house that is its own subsect of of the, the Jedi Order. I'm not the one you have to warn about liking Grey Jedi. I was very positive when they were going with that until they decided to character assassinate Verger and then say that she was a Sith all along. But you know what? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think any of them end up becoming like Mandalorians or anything like that? Like part of the Mandalorian race? Not race. Uh, order? Like, Yeah. I mean, Connor may be our best bet here. Yeah. If he leaves the order at some point in time, like he's had enough. Right. He's choosing a different path. I could see him joining the Mandalorian. Oh, dude, could you imagine another another Jedi Mandalorian war, but <laughs> up by two Kryptonians? Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. DC, Lucasfilms, Disney, the whole nine yards. Everybody's listening because we all know y'all are y'all are listening. That 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 one's for free. That just book us to write it. It'll be fine. We've got this. Yeah, yeah. you know where to contact us. Yeah, that would be. I think. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun to see to see Connor become a Mandalorian because I think he would end up that uh who's the other one? Not not Connor. Maybe I am just thinking of Connor, but aren't there two um clones? One that's good, one that's bad. <sighs> Superboy Prime and then Oh, and he's then, from a different universe. Right. Yeah, yeah. He I think would become either an absolute warlord or like the Mandalorian, you know what I mean? I think like he would yeah. either end up at, like the cat, the, the head of a warrior race or just straight up going after power and becoming like the next emperor. I can definitely see that as conceited as he is, as power hungry as he is most definitely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and head into the wrap up. What, uh, what recommendations do you have for the lovely listeners? Let's see. Uh, for those of you out there who are big fans of the old Dragon anime, there is a currently airing in this season, uh, Dragon Stampede, which is uh, from a different alternate world kind of take on the ideas. 
It's been very fun. Get over the CGI. It is what it is. <laughs> Enjoy the story. Uh, it's got my boy Nicholas D. Wolfwood there with his giant cross gun. It's a, it's amazing. It's epic. I love it. Um, I'm going to go with in the, in the same flavor as, um, the, the beginning, what I've been geeking out on. There's a particular ROM hack that's out there for Pokemon that if you're into Pokemon and you're into the earlier versions of, of Pokemon, there's one called Crystal Clear that you can go through the Kanto and Johto regions, but it's open world and you can choose where what town you start in and what order you go through everything. And it's got all... all was it 252 or something like that? 250 uh, from the from the first two generations. Um, it might be the best ROM hack out of all of them that I've played. And I've been doing this now for a couple of months. I feel like I played I played a fair few of them, but at least for the ones that are uh, GBC or GBA uh, emulators, that one I would say at least for that for that era of them, it's it's the best. So is there like level scaling? Like if you go to a gym at a certain town, they'll have a different team at a different level? Mm, yes. So Oh, that is so great. I love it. Yeah. So so all all trainers uh level scale based off of um where you're at. That's beautiful. I love when people are so creative to do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I I just beat Radical Red nuzlocking it uh, a month ago. And nice. I was pulling out hair that doesn't exist anymore. So I'm looking for a new challenge. I have to check this out. Yeah, Radical Red was probably the most frustrating uh, uh, <laughs> rum hack that I've played so far. That was that was hard, namely because I'm not usually the type of player that does um, that uses stat effect moves, and you very much have to be that that sort of player in order to do that. Yeah, I'm attack, 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 attack didn't work, attack again. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. So with that, we bring this episode in for a close. If you have listened to this and you want to hear more wonderful what ifs or just more from the panel of hosts, you can head on over to systematicecology.org, find our full catalog of episodes for the, from the last year and a half, as well as uh, find the host tab where you can see what other shenanigans the panel is up to with the various other projects and goings on. And if you are so inclined and would like even more bonuses and to help keep the lights on, you can head on over to patreon.com slash systematic ecology and go ahead, throw a couple of bucks in the kitty. And uh, like I said, there are tons of of bonus materials over there for our wonderful supporters. We believe highly in providing value for those, well, in general, but especially for those of you that help us keep, keep the lights on. But for now, I want you guys to remember one very important thing. We are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.